welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you are exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. Welcome. Hey, Karen, how are you? I'm fantastic. Fantastic. How are you feeling this week? Last week, you're um, well, not, my eyes aren't swollen shut or anything, and oh, so good. I am not on antihistamines this week. Good. So I you, know. So you don't have like that... Uh, that uh, drunken frat party kind of feel going on for you? Oh, my gosh. That was so weird because last <laughs> week I took the Benadryl like maybe 10 minutes before the show started. Right. And the two of us were talking. And as we were talking, I felt it hit me. I heard it. I, and, and, my, and I heard my voice change, too. I <laughs> never had that happen. I just, I mean, it was like. Boom! All of a sudden, my vo- and I couldn't help it. Yeah, it was yeah. so strange. <laughs> Your speech got real slow. <laughs> Hell, you know, I am so sorry. I, you know, I take Benadryl, and um, I usually try not to take it during the day because it does make me tired. But it's never done that to me before. I hadn't been drinking or anything, so who knows? It was kind of weird. Uh, you sound like you were just tripping balls last week. I was totally tripping balls last week. <laughs> You know, it makes the show interesting, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, uh, like I said, you sound like you're at a uh, uh, drunken frat party last week. Well, there you go. Good for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry about oh. that. <laughs> no, that's okay. It was actually really funny. It was, it was funny to hear that, that change in your voice. Instant change. Instant change. Yeah, I was uh, talking along like this, and all of a sudden I was like this. <laughs> it's really <laughs> weird. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about who we have on our show this week. Uh, we have a return guest. Uh, we welcome back to the show Paul Von Ward. He's an interdisciplinary cosmologist, an independent scholar, and author of Children of the Living Universe, We've Never Been Alone, and The Soul Genome. I know. We're going to have some cool conversations about some, some kind of different topics tonight, it sounds like. Very much. I, I seem to remember that the last time we were on, we, uh, we touched a lot on... Um, on reincarnation. I believe so. Right. So, you know, this week I'd kind of like to touch on some of the other stuff that he's interested in, um, you know, such as his book with Children of a Living Universe, We've Never Been Alone, you know, more like the extraterrestrial and interdimensional kind of stuff. I thought that would be great. <laughs> Chad and Chad just said I had a Benadryl. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's here all week, folks. Um, yes, <laughs> I did. Same I'm going to call that. I'm going to steal that, Chad. I'm going to trademark it, Karen's Benadryl. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I'm interested, too, because it sounds like um, part of what he's talking about, or a lot of what he's talking about is, um, and I could be wrong, and he'll correct me if I am, is mm-hmm. outside intervention with the human species. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's something that's, you know, been always been, you know, on a, a big part of, you know, the paranormal. Um I know that a lot of people believe in the ancient alien thing. I mean, personally, me, 
I'm not, I mean, I have no problem with saying that they have visited. I have no problem with saying that we are visited, but I just think that it takes away from human ingenuity. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I've only watched one episode of Ancient Aliens ever, and that was enough for me. You're not missing much. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was really interesting. It was, um, it, there's a lot on that show that's a stretch, but I don't necessarily think that that's what, what, um, our guest is talking about. So I'll right. be interested to hear his, his theories. And you know, there are a lot of, um, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are some religions that also believe that there is alien intervention with human beings. Um, Scientology, I believe um, that's, a, and I'm not sure, and somebody from the LDS may want to correct me, but is there something in the LDS beliefs about that as well? Um, yeah, I do believe so. Um, I've had a couple friends who were, um, who were Mormon and, uh, yeah, they do believe that I, that Jesus and Satan were brothers on a distant world. And, you know, so, I mean, it's like, that's, you start to touch on like the religious aspects of it. And personally myself, I have a, a great deal of respect for, you know, people who are very religious and practice it. So it's it's yeah. it's kind of one of those slippery slopes that you that you're not real sure you want to touch on. No, but you know the thing that is interesting to me is whenever you see an idea come from several different sources, mm-hmm. several different disparate groups, it makes you wonder more about that idea. Right. And, 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 you know, and so the, um, you know, whether it's it's other species intervention in the in human race or anything else, you know, like um, I look at, for instance, all of the different cultural legends about a Bigfoot like creature, for instance. That's interesting to me that these very different cultures all have a Bigfoot creature. Right. Well, I think a lot like um, I don't or remember. ghosts or ghosts. Yeah, I, you know, with with Bigfoot, for example, I mean, this is this is an animal that did appear or d- does does appear in the in the fossil record, um, uh, uh, Gigantopithecus, um, which was a very large ape. But people say that this thing is, you know, that they see is much shorter. So I mean, but that's what that's maybe that's what evolution has done was made yeah. this Gigantopithecus shorter and maybe more intelligent. Well, I just always find it, like I say, I always find it really interesting when you see different traditions, different cultures, different religions, who who a long time ago didn't have, like, these communications with one another, yet they forward the same types of things. And so that's why to this, um, you know, the, the outside intervention in the human species is interesting, because you do see it arise in a lot of different places. Right. And you, you really do, which it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, do we have a common memory of this? I, You know, you, you get like a diffusionist theory archaeologist who say, um, you know, like uh, Graham Hancock, who talk about how we have forgotten how great the human race once was. There was some kind of great cataclysm that gave us this, um, I don't know, how can I put it, mass amnesia. And we have forgotten that that we were this once almost godlike, and we've just forgotten that, but it's still written into our DNA. Yeah, yeah. Well, it should be, it promises to be a really interesting, an interesting conversation, and I'm really looking forward to what it is that he has to say 
because I remain open minded and you As know I like I like the guys who come on the show that then after I get off the air I lay in bed and stare at the ceiling and think holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I've actually had that a couple times too, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny, especially when we talk about like you know, like quantum physics and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and quantum mechanics, whatever, quantum theory. I will actually read up on the subject, and I'm, I'm starting to incorporate it somewhat into my, you know, research into, um, you know, paranormal activity. Well, what you need to do is you need to go back to one of the earliest issues of Paranormal Underground Magazine. It wasn't the first, it was like the second or third, so that would be like August of what year, Cheryl, 2008? Yeah. Yeah, August of 2008, I wrote a long, involved article on how certain quantum physics theories could actually dovetail with paranormal. Okay. Yeah. Paranormal on a Planck scale. Cool. Yeah, um, I'll have to uh, go back and look at that, or I don't know, maybe Cheryl can send me a link to it or whatever. Uh, see, that would be great. She's she's giving you ho- he's giving you homework, Cheryl. <laughs> no, you know it's more homework for me than anything else. Well, that's right, because then you'll you'll have to. And I actually I took the topic as much as I could and made it just as simple as I could, because realistically, I have to make it simple for myself too. Sure. And so I really did try to simplify it as much as possible because what people will tell you, I mean, quantum physicists say things like, look, if quantum physics, if you think you understand quantum physics, you don't understand quantum physics. And, you know, it's yeah. it's a really weird, weird science. But what the, the thing about quantum physics to me and the reason that it fascinates me is because if things are that weird, when you look down at the very basic teeny 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 particles of matter mm-hmm. and waves of light and things like that if they're that weird there then why the heck not the paranormal sure absolutely so you know that's that's where where i really see the crossover is matter behaves in really strange ways sure we don't see that on a macro scale, because we see what we're conditioned to see. We, you know, and, and I don't know. I'm a big believer that, that we actually live in a very weird universe and that almost anything is possible. There may be a few things I'm in denial about, but, you know, for the most part, anything is possible. Right. As do I. And you know what? Maybe we can ask our, our guest tonight, uh, Paul Von Ward, about that. <gasps> You you actually are considering engaging in a conversation about quantum physics? Uh, I'm gonna try because uh, you know I mean with this, with, with this idea of his book, you know, we've never been alone, which is about advanced yeah. beings. I mean, are these extraterrestrial? Are they interdimensional? Are they gods? Are they you know magical? So I, we'll, we'll wait and find out. Okay, well, so let's do this. Then. Let's go to break because now I'm like really excited. Me too. Yeah. So we'll go to break. We'll come back. We'll be talking to Paul Von Ward. Stick around, guys. It's going to be a great conversation. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, Hazy Network. Happy anniversary to you. Happy Anniversary AZ Network, two years and still going strong. Energy for your soul. 
from UFOs, hauntings, psychic phenomena, demonology, urban legends, and so much more, where all these things come together. Paranormal Underground Magazine. Explore the unexplained. Join host Rick Hale along with paranormal investigator Chuck G on an exciting new web series. As seen on EerieEvents.org, YouTube, and UK's The Haunted Channel. Ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, urban legends, eerie events, chasing the unknown. Hey, this is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Tonight, we have a really excellent guest. Uh, but first, I would also I would like to say uh, the song that you heard was by the San Diego, uh, rather, San Diego Bay by Richard Odes, which is for sale on iTunes. Uh, so tonight joining us is going to be interdisciplinary cosmologist, independent scholar, and author of Children of a Living Universe, We've Never Been Alone, and The Soul Genome, Paul Von Ward. Paul, welcome back to the underground. Well, I'm delighted to be back with you. This is a very uh, tantalizing show. Oh, thank you very much. Boy, so, you, have, you have so many things, it's almost hard to know where to start. So your, mo- your most recent book is um, The Children, the um, I'm sorry, The Children of a Living Universe, right? I almost called yes. it Children of a Lesser God, but that's, that's a whole different thing. That was a movie. Right. <laughs> some, some connections, uh, but uh, yeah, Children of a... Uh, Living Universe uh, is an updated uh, book that I worked on, oh gosh, 10 years or so ago. And we've had so much uh, new evidence uh, about the complexity of the universe that, you know, we're just uh, from month to month getting new insights into the theory that uh, the universe is alive everywhere. And uh, that it is based on consciousness, you know, that that it's not a physical and material universe. Uh, it is a uh, conscious universe with energies and, and ethereal dimensions uh, that produce physical and material uh, aspects of the universe but that's that is the uh, uh, not the foundation it's 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 the uh, product so right. consciousness is the foundation of the universe is that what i'm hearing you say yeah i think that uh, we're getting more and more evidence that the universe and now we can start with a little bit bigger picture if we want to. Uh, we don't even know where our universe came from. You know, uh, we, we we have all these theories and we right. have religious concepts and we have uh, uh, scientific. Uh, they're not very scientific, actually. But uh, science has put forth its hypothesis of a Big Bang that we came out of nothing, you know, uh, 13 to 15 billion years ago uh, in this universe. But the evidence now is much more uh, pointing in the direction that the original uh, or the origins of our universe are just based in pure consciousness, that is, information, uh, ideas, concepts, uh, they're calling it now in the uh, uh, field of, of uh, physics and quantum mechanics and that sort of thing, using the concept of infobite, you know. that It, mm-hmm. it means something like Plato, over 2,000 years ago, said, you know, what we look at in our uh, world uh, is 
the shell of the idea, the 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 you know the drawing uh, board uh, material that was there first, and so that uh, sort of architectural. Uh, idea of reality uh, is the one that says there had to be the mastermind at the beginning. Where that came from, we don't know, but I would say our total universe as we know it today came from consciousness. Now, is this God or a God? Well, we use the word God we use the word God from historical set of circumstances uh, when uh, I would say, uh, you know, five to ten thousand years ago, uh, when uh, we have written uh, material from those civilizations, humans at that time uh, created the word God. Now, God is very modern, but it's sure. it's it's de- derived from words like diva, uh, which is in Hindu, which meant uh, beings from the skies. You had the same uh, kind of word uh, in uh, Greek, uh, you know, where you got t- up to the point of dios. Even at that point, the Greeks weren't talking about it as God. They were talking about it as beings from the skies. So the word God, which then came later on, uh, only about 1,700-1,800 years ago, when the Romans uh, and their uh, Christianity uh, model of the universe, they then used this concept of God. So what we're talking about, there are different words and so on, but we're talking about the... uh, Source, the uh, root, uh, the guiding force. You know, you could use all those words, and it's still the same, uh, has the same meaning. Uh, So I have a question for you then. When I have, when I, um, because I tend to think about um, my conceptualization of the universe is that that God is this energy that underlies everything. So in what you're saying, is energy synonymous with consciousness? Because what my vision of the universe is, is that everything, matter, um, experiences, everything arises out of this energy. So is that the consciousness? Are they the same thing? No, I, I would say consciousness is the most pure of the dimensions in our universe. And that energy is the force that is created by ideas and intentions. And that uh, energies then lead us into some sort of subtle energy realm, you know, that that deals with our uh, things like uh, telepathy or uh, precognition, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things that are energetic, uh, and that's another dimension. And then you get into our physics, you know, of, of... Light and sound, right. and and right. and those kinds of waves that are then bound together to uh, uh, what we consider to be a solid object, which of course it isn't. Right. Uh, but but our senses tell us that. So I see it as sort of a uh, uh, 
like a like an onion, <laughs> uh, sure. if you could if you could not uh, think about it as all uh, physical, but you go from the center where the idea is, the the force, the intention, uh, and then it goes from layer to layer to get to the point where we are today in this three dimension life that we're we're li- we're living in. So consciousness is kind of the quantum soup from which it all arises. That's what I would say, yes. I mean, that's another way of thinking about it. Okay, okay. There's also a theory called the, the um, it's like the unified field theory or uh, the zero-point field. That's kind of the same thing, then, that zero-point yeah. field that they talk about is consciousness. Yeah, that okay. it, it, it's beyond the smallest particle that we have been able to uh, capture uh, in the uh, accelerator in CERN, Switzerland, you know, that, mm-hmm. that project that's been going on for so long. What that project is doing and what science is doing is to try to find the smallest particle uh, that they possibly can with the technology that we have. And it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, and and when we get to that point, and when our our technology gets a little bit more refined, um, my hypothesis is, and I will bet my life on it, we'll find another little piece, you know, that we didn't know before, mm-hmm. and then it's right. only when we uh, get a different kind of science, not using our our uh, physical equipment that we're using today, but some different. Uh, equipment down the road where we find this uh, uh, interface between consciousness and uh, subtle energies and the physical particles that we're talking about. So are we going in the right direction with science then? Well, uh, we're going in the right direction, but it's, it's, it's too, low, uh, too slow because yes. we, we are trapped in our minds that is most scientists are trapped in uh, this vision that there is nothing beyond the physical yes I call it scientific dogma <laughs> yeah that's it it's the and, religion yeah yeah so 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 when the scientists and a lot of scientists are uh, m- moving in that direction uh, not mm-hmm. too long ago uh, earlier this year uh, we had some very important uh, scientists who were beginning to turn around and say, uh, well, that notion of the Big Bang, which came from nothing, uh, and it's all physical, uh, what people are thinking possibly now is that, well, because we are learning more about black holes. We, we uh, had the concept of black holes for uh, 30, 40 years now. Uh, and we, when we created that concept, we said, this is a powerful hole in the universe that sucks in matter and just grinds it up and it just goes into nothing. And so that was consistent with the idea that the universe had the Big Bang from nothing. Well, now, a number of of physicists are beginning to say, no, 
there is no way that you could have a black hole that destroys matter and does not turn it into something else. And that the universe uh, could not have come from nothing. There was something before. And so that's, we're making some progress, but it's, it's rather slow uh, in my mind. Sure. So nothing so, does not exist. No, there is no nothingness <laughs> anywhere. So has there ever so has there ever been nothingness? We don't really have any we have absolutely no uh insight into what all of this came from. So what we do as as scientists today we say, "Oh, we now understand that there has to be something more than our universe, so maybe it is a universe with other universes, and we call it a multiverse, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. and, and so that's, that's just, uh, it doesn't tell us anything, it just says, uh, it reveals that we have to say we just don't know where it came from, from another uh, universe are for a bunch of universes. In in the book that uh, we mentioned there, Children of a Living Universe, I have a couple of pages that uh, uh, illustrate that a bit because there are different uh, models. And my model is that there are bubbles of universes uh, which are exchanging matter, energy, whatever, among them and we are one of those bubbles. And we're going to be here, as the Hindus thought, you know, millions and trillions of years uh, from the beginning of the end. And we just, you know, we're born and we're going to uh, one day uh, merge back into the multiverse. Okay. okay. That's, a big, that's a big picture. And we could bring it down to the individual human so, because I'd like it to, uh, yeah, is, I'd like to. <laughs> yeah. Well, Let's well, do that. <laughs> well, because, uh, okay, because if the universe is a living universe, living means, you know, having a life. Life yes. has purpose. Uh, so, in our universe, uh, if we look at evolution in our own uh, planet here, we see refinements in every species uh, over time uh, that is uh, refining more muscles, more organs, etc., etc. In other words, uh, the process of evolution is by nature a progressive phenomenon in the universe. And so how do we as conscious beings with consciousness being the heart, and I don't mean the physical heart, but the core of our physical beingness, if that is consciousness, then consciousness has to survive, you know, mm-hmm. over right. time. Well, what right. it does is it goes from one physical form uh, to another, uh, moving in a trajectory, you know, from a starting point to some point where we become so 
refined as humans that we are able to then uh, travel and live in and maybe even uh, create other things in another dimension that we're not in now. So reincarnation, uh, because so reincarnation is is the core of individual uh, clusters of uh, conscious ideas, you know, that make up the individual. And if we learn and uh, make progress, and, and we don't always make positive steps. Sometimes we turn around and go backwards. We break up the experiments that we're uh, making. We do that as individuals. We do it as families. We do it as uh, uh, cultures and as the whole Homo sapiens species on this planet Earth and any other beings that are more advanced than us who are also involved in Earth. And so we reincarnation is a process of building on experience which you then uh, carry forward into another lifetime uh, with the uh, history behind you that can hopefully uh, provide you a foundation of of knowledge talents uh, skills uh, changes in uh, physiology, uh, so that we keep on moving it along. So, do we do that as a species, or as individuals, or both? both. I mean, do we only evolve as a species, or not at all? Well, no. I, I, it's it's like a cell uh, in any living form. Uh, we, uh, what I talk about is, and what we all talk about is, life forms. They start from a single cell, and you know, uh, we still have the same unicellular, uh, unicell uh, species that are the first uh, evidence of evidence on planet Earth. That that species are still with us. And then mm-hmm. when we get to multi-celled uh, entities, we have those. And then we get the first little uh, fish or toad or whatever, and we go right on. So you have that uh, sort of... Uh, it's not a ladder idea, but it's a more... It's a uh, trajectory of increasing complexity. And we humans today, for many reasons, uh, over time, we are much more complex than earlier humans. And one of the things about humans in the earliest periods and Contrasting that to what we are today, uh, what I talk about in the book is the hypothesis that advanced beings have intervened in uh, human evolution several times. You know, probably, probably uh, at least uh, you know a million or two million years ago, intervening in the genetics 
of the uh, earlier, what we call uh, now, uh, uh, early Homo, Homo erectus and types of that order. And probably the, the species prior to that. Uh, so I, I think that I would say uh, at least a million years ago there was an intervention where many genetic uh, changes occurred in what we now call the Homo uh, family, uh, not just humans but others, chimpanzees, apes, etc. Uh, and then I would say Certainly, about 250,000 to 300,000 years ago, when we first got the Homo uh, sapien uh, model coming in, uh, that model had so many more uh, complexities than their predecessors that the odds, the statistical odds, that all of these changes could have happened you know, uh, by accident or by uh, reactions to environment. We know from our uh, studies recently about these physical genetic mutations, we know that they go very very, uh, slowly and and are scattered and and so on over thousands and, and hundreds of thousands of years to make a significant change. So when we had these million years ago, 250,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, when uh, Homo sapiens sapiens came along, uh, the, the time that these really very complex changes occurred, there's no way that it would happen by accident or by natural selection. Uh, so we have these, and we have a lot of evidence uh, that uh, there were interventions. The tales of all cultures talk about the gods from the skies who manipulated humans, who mated with humans who uh, practiced uh, genetic uh, insertions uh, with humans. Uh, so that th- those historical narratives are, uh, are powerful. Uh, they weren't when we started to talk about them in science about 500 years ago. Uh, but by now, 500 years later, we know now more about the genetics of evolution. Uh, of the, we have much more evidence of different uh, species around the world. I'm just looking at the uh, uh, present Scientific American on my desk here. It says, "Evolution: The Human Saga," and then what the articles in that this issue of Scientific American uh, they show that we didn't come from one trunk of one tree, you know, which has been the model. You know, when you've seen the biology books, you see the tree, you know, and you show the limbs going out. Now they understand, and and we don't even have all of the evidence that's going to be found over the last, uh, over the next uh, 
you know, several decades. But uh, in South Africa, uh, they've found uh, a new batch of people. Uh, the bones are there, better specimens than ones we've had before. And so the uh, t- tentative uh, conclusions at this point in time is that around the, the globe, over millions of years and hundreds of thousands of years, different, differing groups of humans were popping up. Uh, well, it's, it's, the, and the people who are writing the articles for the Scientific American uh, magazine uh, don't ex- accept what I'm about to say, but their evidence is consistent with what I was just telling you a little bit before, that more advanced beings, you know, the gods of old, the aliens, whatever words you want to call them, um, had to be, or something like that, had to be the input for the evidence that we're now gathering. Sure. You know, Paul, let me ask you this, and I'm sure that this is a question on everybody's mind, but... We hear a lot with, you know, of course, the ancient aliens and the ancient astronauts and, you know, the Anunnaki and and whatnot. But these advanced beings that you talk about, um, who are they? Why did they make us or, or, you know, create us, whatever you want to call it? And do they see us as property and will they come again one day? Well, I think, you know, what we have, we we have... We have so many books now, and I think it's wonderful that we have them. I was just out at the conference in Contact in the Desert uh, a weekend before last where we had a, a very big program of many speakers and researchers talking about evidence of this uh, intervention uh, hypothesis of aliens uh, intervening in human uh, lives and, and so on. Uh, we have a lot of material on that. But one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that a lot of this material is written from the perspective of a, a particular person. Uh, you know, uh, Sitchin, who did a wonderful job of collecting a lot of uh Data and put it in, uh, you know, uh, understandable form. I mean, it, it, it really has pushed us very rapidly for these last two or three uh, decades. Uh, but all of us, you know, have a, a priori, uh, perspective or a belief systems. So when you hear these different names, uh, you you get different interpretations of it. And what I'm trying to do by using the term advanced beings is just to take all of them and say, let's let's don't get caught up on the name and and the interpretations that uh, one particular author or the other uh, takes. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it as just pieces of evidence on the table. And what I would say at this point in time we don't know for sure how many uh, groups of ABs over time have 
come down in our history and affected you know change on on, on humans i would sure. say there are at least uh you know four or five periods in history where there was a clear intervention of more advanced uh beings on right. the planet and I, it goes back to you know the uh, the beginning of atlantis for example so okay. that puts us way back uh, several uh, hundred thousand years ago and the latest one in my view is before the present is about five to eight thousand years ago and that's when we're talking about the Sitchin material you know in the Middle East in India uh, and in Egypt uh, they were still involved in teaching and in uh, having miscegenation with humans uh, you know at that period now a lot of people believe that some of that is going on right now, and I do agree with that, but I think it's a limited uh, kind of testing period, you know, where uh, we have some abductions and contacts uh, who are, you might say, if you want to give it a positive uh, uh, label, uh, is enriching the human uh, genome, you know, by mixing them. Right. That was going to be my next question. You talk about, um, you know, abductions. Um, These abductions that take place, um, I I do believe that it is a possibility that we have whoever taking us and testing on us. Now, is it possible that these are these advanced beings coming back just to see how we're coming along? Oh, yeah. I think that would be a very logical way to look at it. I mean, we humans, you know, we're working with animals and other species uh, all the time. We've been doing that for for centuries, you know, uh, cross-breeding, trying to use different foods, uh, 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 manipulating the, the... the genome of some species and and so on so it would make sense that we would be um how do we say subjects you know <laughs> uh, if, if you want to use that term uh we're 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 the guinea pigs uh but it's but, but i don't think it is i think these uh beings are much more intelligent and much more invo- evolved than we are and I think we believe a, a lot of these interventions are very um, uh, devilish, you know, uh, that, that it's demon-like. Whereas, you know, from their perspective, uh, they are probably trying to learn from their manipulation of us. Uh, we uh, may be, uh, many of us, may be welcoming this kind of, of cross-breeding, if you please, uh, to see if we are going to be able to survive as a species, you know, okay. if we tear up our own planet. Yeah. Yeah. Are we? 
<laughs> I think we're closer to it uh, this century than any other century uh, on Earth. To surviving as a species or to tearing up our own planet? Well, that's that, that. Both of those are the same thing, you know. We the way we're d- destroying the ecosystem of our planet, uh, then we are also uh, putting ourselves in jeopardy as a species. Right. Yeah. You know what's always really bugged me about you know the ancient astronaut, um, you know ancient alien, advanced beings theory or whatever. You know, they always talk about how they helped us build Stonehenge and the pyramids. And for me, I'm fully accepting that we have been visited and that we are being visited and that one day we'll make the first contact with these beings. But I just think that a lot of this takes away from human ingenuity. Would you agree or disagree with that? Oh, I would. uh, I would. No, I would agree with you uh, that uh, what we need to do... You, you see, the science has put us in a quandary here mm-hmm. because they have built this model of evolution that says that humans uh, only got civilized 2,000 years ago. Or maybe, you know, we say, well, maybe it's 4,000 years ago. But that's not the case. You know, uh, we have enough evidence that humans have had more highly developed civilizations than we have today. And now people say, oh, no, no, look where we are. Where we are today is a highly technological uh, species. And and we've gotten, you know, uh, into the uh, nuclear realm, the atomic weapons that we created and all of those things but that does not necessarily indicate that humans today are more civilized and uh, refined than they were thousands of years ago and I would I would say that we in this the last century it's been a double bladed sword, if you please, in terms of science and education and technology, uh, it is uh, really separating uh, from ourselves, among ourselves, uh, we're losing our sense of humans as one society, one species, one planetary civilization. We're, we're getting worse in that area uh, every day and so what we're we're really doing quite well we are very sophisticated in technology but I think we use a lot of it for things that are negative and that we don't need uh, because we are not as emotionally and intellectually and socially uh, sophisticated than some of the earlier civilizations. So would you say then, because I I feel similarly to you, that um, I think we often mistake technological advancement for advancement as a species. And um, I feel like the same thing, that we, we really 
as a species, as a human race, um, the things that should matter to us don't, and the things that really aren't that important do. So would you say at this time in our history, we might be ripe for some intervention? Well, I think we are getting some in- intervention, frankly. I, I mm-hmm. uh, a phenomenon that's you know has been around for a long time. People of uh, of uh, one uh, culture or the other have had communications uh, with other uh, levels of consciousness and higher levels of conscious individuals. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, these uh, that, that can be called considered are considered by some people as contact with the alien. Uh, others think about it. I'm getting messages from God, or I'm getting messages from one voice. You spirit know, guides. Spirit guides are you know people. Uh, the uh, y- y- you can go back to. Uh, Madame Blavatsky, you know, two, uh, over 100 years ago, uh, and it was before that we had uh, voices, as, as far as I'm concerned, the Hebrew tradition too, you know, talking around uh, the period of uh, oh, 2,000 years before the current era, uh, well, look at it as, say, take Moses, you know, he he told the Hebrews, this voice told me this. And then, sure. you know, uh, 2,700 years later, Mohammed said, this voice yeah. told me this. Uh, uh, the founder of Mormonism, you know, said, I had these voices speaking to me. And, and, yeah. and now... Uh, people are getting it all over the place. I, I, I have friends all over, you know, that are uh, just saying, well, this, I'm getting this material. I'm getting these uh, bits of advice and so on. So yeah, I that think was that actually is what going I was going to ask you. So, so, oh. somebody, so somebody who has um, psychic abilities, that's the intervention. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's one form. It's one form. Interesting, but I do, I do believe though that there are physical uh, interventions as well. I I, I uh, you know I I think that we have enough uh, evidence where people have found uh, bits of technology buried under their skin. Uh, people who have uh, sure. been taken on a physical. Uh, uh, some sort of UFO mechanism where they came back with evidence on their bodies that, you know, it was a physical thing. It wasn't just mm-hmm. sort of, you know, it was the waves out of your mind that created these images. So uh, I think I think we're getting both of it. And I do think maybe, maybe it's been happening like this throughout human history. Uh, and we just have, you know, the Internet and so on, and we know more about all of these contacts. But I think we might be getting even more uh, communications from other dimensions and other uh, species. 
because we are uh, moving up the ladder in this reincarnation of consciousness trajectory that er every species has but we I think we're we're speeding that up in the sense that uh, there's more and more people becoming aware that their consciousness is not just those cells in our brains it's something else right yeah you know, I wanted to ask you about that because I have a lot of friends. I, I hang out with a lot of people who are, you know, who are psychic. And they're always talking about this uh, great shift in consciousness, this awakening, this enlightenment. And it sounds really good to me personally, but that's because I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. But is will this – are these beings – sort of moving us more towards um, a spiritual evolution rather than a physical one? Uh, well, uh, there, there's a large group of, of people in our society, particularly in the United States, that uh, have gotten this notion, you know, that it's all we need to do is to come up with a few concepts of spirituality and that we, we are uh, evolving. Uh, and I'm afraid that it's, and I don't mean to offend you or anything, but... I, I, <laughs> You're going to say it's not that easy, aren't you? <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Is that's, I, that's, a, that's a perfectly great answer for me, actually, but please, go Yeah, ahead. no, because, you know, uh, we're in crucial times now as humans, and so we we would like to jump to the first... Uh, offer of you know transformation, uh, mm-hmm. and we we get a few mottos and we have a, a few slogans, and we get together in conferences and we talk to each other, you know, and we go home uh, feeling good about our transformation, while the world around us is in going to hell. Oil. <laughs> and yeah. so, so what we've got to do is we've got to find a balance between the understanding that we are basically conscious beings, but as conscious beings, we are in a physical uh, environment where we are supposed to refine our consciousness by our physical uh, and mental, emotional activities as humans on this planet. And so what I'm trying to suggest is that uh, let's look at the whole spectrum, you know, from the dirty things that we all do, the bad things that we've always uh, done, uh, and we all at the same time are trying to be the best kind of being that uh, we can be and, and so we're going to have to uh, accept ourselves you know as the, the the physical based human that we are mm-hmm. and realize that this physical being and the ecosystem and and the planet that we are the most developed species habiting 
this planet, we have to get this together before the spiritual consciousness is going to uh, continue to progress. And I think uh, a lot of us are absolving ourselves of responsibility by these slogans uh, and so on. Mm-hmm. There's so many books I won't even name any of them that they really don't. They really don't move humanity. They give uh, a self-feeling of comfort to those who are reading them. Yes, and uh, I don't it's, mean it's, to it's, it's be spiritual. No, it's it's making spiritual to, excuses for yourself. I get it. Uh, critical, but uh, but it, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I and I say that because I've been through that period. Well, I think that that's <laughs> and since kind I'm of, old enough, you know, I can say I've passed through it and learned. Yeah, I call that that I call that my spiritual pill phase. I, you know, when you first kind of start to discover some of these things, that's the first thing you do is use it as absolution for yourself. And that's that's not a criticism. It's just a very natural phase of what happens. It's easy to do. Did we lose Skype, Cheryl? Yep, yep. It's trying to get the call back. Sorry about that. Well, he was sort of starting to... Um, yeah, the Skype was cutting in and out there. The, at the Skype end. was cutting in and out, which is really bumming me out. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it pops back up. Sorry, yeah, listeners. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, it's a great conversation so far. I know. I'm glad we didn't go to break. We only have like about nine minutes left. So, right. Yep. Hopefully, we can get him back. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and, and you know what? I get what he's trying to say. Isn't? Yeah. It is kind of like those. Um, uh, spiritual warm fuzzies, I guess you could, you know, you might call it. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's, I mean, it's it's a phase that we all go through um, when we we do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand. I've been there. I've seen lots of other people go there. It's you know, it feels good, and you want to do this. You don't want to do the stuff that's the hard work. You want to do the stuff that feels good. Oh, yeah. he me, just dropped completely. Yeah, let me let me let me try and see if I can get him on the phone. Okay. And uh, let me do that right now. Let's go ahead and place okay. the call. Okay. Sorry, listeners, behind the scenes at Paranormal <laughs> Underground Radio. You put it really good in your book one time. Hold on, more speaking. There we go. Right there he is. Well, I lost the Skype. Uh, I don't know what happened. Probably interventions by ABs who. Probably. Could be men in black, maybe. Yeah, that, that's that's probably exactly. They they didn't want this information getting out yet. So I have a burning question based on what we've been talking about. That actually I've been thinking about since you first started talking about it. So you said that consciousness creates universes, and we have consciousness. So are we somehow creating universes as well with our own consciousness? Well, I don't know whether it's universes because I think we are pretty small beings of consciousness. But I think that uh, a species of humans uh, or some other species uh, probably can reach a point where they can uh, uh, create, you know, uh, another uh, planet uh, mm-hmm. 
add to a particular planet already there. Uh, and probably it would uh, require many species like humans, you know, to come together, let's say like a galactic council, okay? Okay. So that's, a, that's bigger. That has more power, more creative power, etc. And it may very well be that the consciousness of a galaxy is capable of creating a new galaxy with varying species in them. That's had, cool. I've had the thought recently, and this is just speculation, uh, but uh, it seems that if we humans, all seven billion of us, with our souls, with our uh, seeds of consciousness, if we were to uh, reach a point where we could, on this planet, uh, come together and uh, synchronize our intentions, I'm talking about as the whole species, uh, to uh, create a new planet for us while ours is wearing out, it might be possible for us to do that. To create ourselves a new home. Yeah. Wow. If, if we are capable, are able, are willing, you know, to uh, come to a common position, you know, we'd have to... We'd have to work together about what what is that planet going to be? What kind of species will we have? Uh, what, what is it going to be uh, that's different from what we had on Earth? Uh, or may we? Or another model that might be that our our souls uh, at some point in time have released ourselves from this physical form on this planet and we're in another dimension but we want to do our uh, wonderful artistic work of creating another galaxy we'd have to get a species a species of consciousness not physical but consciousness and energy might combine with humans uh, to uh, and we'd have to once again. This is the whole idea of the universe. Universe uh, right. is the mm -hmm. notion that we would get a, an image, and when we all got synchronized on that common image, we would produce through our energies a new galaxy for us to have. And I think this is the way uh, beings of consciousness will probably uh, move from galaxy to galaxy. Wow. So that leads me to a perhaps a lesser question, um, because you're talking building galaxies. But um, 
what we're capable of doing now is gathering either in small groups or by ourselves and placing intention, consciousness, prayer, whatever you call it, on things. So um, does this work on the micro scale? Does does gathering as a group and creating an intention, intention for some kind of healing and or inten- intention for, um, you know, helping someone, that type of thing, does does that work? Does it translate to that smaller scale? Well, uh, I don't think uh, my little uh, group of people of one uh, spiritual orientation uh, could get together and move a planet or another species. Uh, see, this is this is the idea uh, which uh, we were talking about earlier. Uh, we we have groups who get together and and get their slogans and their uh, uh, you know practices that they're going to do to 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 raise the the dimensions and some other higher level. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you have to have uh, enough focused uh, energy. Uh, to uh, create something that is big. Now you can do a, a small, small thing. Uh, you can have a hundred people together and and who are uh, resonating uh, on one frequency or the other. Uh, they, they will probably have some uh, impact uh, on a certain uh, cir- circum, uh, you know, a, a circle around uh, them. Uh, other having effect on other beings and, and, and the physical and emotional uh, environment. But uh, I don't think any of us as individuals or groups of people, even by the hundreds, uh, have that power. Now, I think that if you get a group of people who are... Uh, in uh, agreement and start a movement uh, which is uh, something that is a peaceful, healthy, uh, uh, progressive orientation uh, that can move into the larger society and have an impact on other people. Uh, but it has to grow, uh, you know, degree by degree. It's not one that happens uh, in a second. I mean, it, right. the universe doesn't doesn't really work that way. Okay. And and that's why we're caught up in this reincarnation cycle. We are coming back. Uh, to look back on our history, trying to find out what our mistakes are as individuals and as uh, countries or cultures or religions. And uh, since we're not getting a great deal of progress in those areas, uh, it it says to me that uh, we didn't learn much in our previous reincarnation incarnations and and we're, we're going to have a lot of work to do the next go around sure right. well 
so unfortunately, we have barely scratched the surface. Um, so it sounds like you definitely need to come back and talk to us some more. But what I want to do right now is give you the opportunity to promote your books, tell people where they can find your website, where they can find your books, and all of that. Well, uh, my uh, website is just www.vonward, that's V as in Victor, V-O-N-W-A-R-D dot com. That's my uh, cosmology, and that's the website that uh, has the backup material for this uh, new book on Children of a Living Universe and uh, my book, We've Never Been Alone, uh, and uh, the cosmology that we've been talking about. There's a second uh, website which has to do with my uh, consciousness and reincarnation research, and that is just www.reincarnationexperiment, as one word, dot org, O-R-G. And that uh, provides material on the book, The Soul Genome. Uh, and uh, all of these books are available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and bookstores. And uh, in, in those uh Websites also I have uh, opportunity for people who want to buy a book directly from me. They can do that. But it's uh, fortunately uh, for me, the books are selling out there all over the place. So, Well, it's because you're covering fascinating topics, and it sounds like you're doing some, some great work. I wish we had more time to talk to you. Um, well, I enjoy it. You, you guys are really thinking and open and uh, it's just wonderful to have an exchange with you well i hope you'll come back on soon okay take care thank you good night good night all right guys paul von ward it's www.vonward.com or the other one is reincarnationexperiment.org uh, check those sites out. He's got some really fascinating research and ideas. And um, Cheryl, I hope we can get him back on soon because, you know, mm, yeah. lots more to cover. <laughs> An hour Ooh, is, is, my is brain not exploded. Even, yeah, not even <laughs> scratching the surface there. So, And Rick, you, did, you hung in there very well. You're not curled up in the corner in a fetal position. I told you I have been um, been reading up on this. There is... There- there's one thing, though, that really kind of, you know, bothers me about this whole, you know, human beings coming together. What I fear is, is I fear that something horrible must happen before we realize this potential. Maybe coming to the brink of self-destruction, I don't know. But if that makes us realize this potential, how horrible was it? Because apparently we come back time and time and time again, so. True. Very true. You know? Yep. Just got to take the, you got to play the long con, Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, thinking the, the, the bigger picture about things, but uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely don't want something terrible to happen to us. Oh, no, I don't either. But, you know, sometimes yeah. that's what's necessary um, because we tend to be fairly dense creatures, I have found, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. It's yeah. I, I like I like the way that um, Stanton Friedman, you know, summarizes that we are a species that is involved in tribal warfare. 
Yes, we certainly are. We certainly are. So, Cheryl. Yes. Let's talk, you know, business. Okay. Let's All right, what it. business you want to talk? Well, I want to talk, first I want to say thanks to Paul Von Ward. We definitely will invite him back and hopefully he can yeah. join us. Awesome. And um, next week I want to talk about William Becker because he will be joining us next week. <gasps> Yay! Next week is William? Next cool. week is William, August 28th, and William is our good friend. He is a psychic medium, psychic development coach, and he recently released his first book called Paranormal Insights, A Parahistory of Oregon and Washington. That's right. I think Devin's coming on with him, too. And Devin um, took all the photography in the book. I have it sitting here right next to me. It's oh, okay. really a beautiful book. It's, nice. it's a neat little book. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's, there you go. That's gonna be a good show. If plus it's William. Yeah, I mean, plus, come on. I mean, William. William is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Plus it's William. We love William. Yeah. Okay. So what else? We have moving into September. We have Jessica Morocco. She is also a psychic, intuitive medium. Yeah, and she cool is chick. Ra- yep, radio host of a paranormal show, and she is the author of short stories and poems from the other side. She's got all sorts of interesting stuff to talk about too. I was on her show and we had great conversation. Yeah, so another good show. And then moving on, September 11th, Willie Windwalker Gibson. He is a shaman and a supernatural consultant. He is also the founder of Soul Warriors Supernatural. Cool. Yes. Very cool. Good stuff there. And then September 18th, uh, joining us again, Brandon Alvis of American Paranormal Research Association. And I believe uh, another investigator is joining him this time. And his name is Matt Goldman. Very good. So jam-packed schedule moving into um, the The fall. fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe summer's almost over? No, I can't. No, it's been kind of, you know, around here, we usually have very, very hot, humid summers. It hasn't been like that this year. Oh, it has here. (laughs) We got your summer, apparently. It's been hot and humid here in Washington. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy stuff. So we've had some lively chat it, it, chatters in the chat room, as you can imagine. Yeah, with, with the that topic was, that, was good tonight. Yeah, that we've that we've been discussing here tonight. So I just want to say thank you for coming to our show every week, our loyal chat roomers. Um, we love we that. love you. We love that. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and so the new magazine is out. The, the uh, August issue is out and online at paranormalunderground.net. You can go there and um, get any, any issue you want going all the way back to 2008 when we first launched the That's magazine. Right. And, and, you know, Bob from Spectral Tech has told me that I have mortally insulted his team. <laughs> way to go, Karen. <laughs> what does this happen like uh, once a month or it what? It was a tongue-in-cheek <laughs> rant. Tongue-in-cheek-ish. Talk about it, why don't you? Talk about your article in the... Well, so it was my top ten, and my top ten was top ten things that made me ranty. Paranormal things that make you ranty. Paranormal things that make me ranty. Well, that's right, because there are a lot of things. Just ask my husband. (laughs) There are a lot of things that make me ranty. Let's be be honest. Right. Um, There's lots of things that make us all ranty. Yes. You know, um, but the paranormal things that make me ranty one of them was and and this is just from my own personal experience i've been to a lot of para conferences (laughs) and whenever i go to paranormal conferences everybody is freaking wearing black including my team including you right we have green (laughs) well no we have green too oh okay 
but I try to wear the green, but sometimes I wear the black because that's what's clean. Um, but paranormal teams tend to have a lot of black t-shirts. Now, I get it. Paranormal, dark, black. You know, I get it. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. But come on, guys. Pop a color. Let's see a <laughs> pop a color in your wardrobe. That's all I'm saying. And so I guess yeah. with Spectral Tech in the magazine this month wearing black shirts, is that what happened? I, I believe that is what happened. Uh, I'm, hoping, I'm very sorry. I'm hoping Bob will forgive us for that. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those things were sort of tongue-in-cheek. There are a few things in there that, and I bet if you read them, you can figure out which ones actually truly make me really ranty. Because there are a few that seem more authentic than others, I'm sure. But some of them were just me being silly, but... There are there are a few real ones in there. I'll let you decide which they were, hmm. and whether you want to be mad at me or not. <laughs> so the pink uniform thing. Uh, no, it's the black. Like yeah, it's the all black. Right. It, it's so it's actually it's kind of the whole paranormal package to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the all black. It's the pictures with crossed arms and scowly expressions. <laughs> It's now you just insulted Chuck. I know. I'm sorry, Chuck. It's the spooky fonts. Oh. It's the spooky voices. And it's, there again with Chuck. It's the Chuck has a great voice. Are you kidding me? It's Nobody, the it's the whole package. Just, yeah. It's the whole it doesn't have to be that, that way. There is a group out here. Smile, guys. Yeah, there was a group out here that I met at a ghost conference once. They called themselves Pink Kitty Paranormal. Yeah. And they wore pink tutus and kitty ears. Now, it doesn't have to be that way either. But why but not? That's awesome. Somewhere wow. in the middle would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the dudes didn't mind the pink tutus and kitty ears at all. Yeah. Oh, you already got them. <laughs> so. That is... You. So um, I apologize if my rants about black shirts hurt everyone's feelings. Mm-hmm. I just think, just put a little color, just a little pop of color here and there. Come on, I want to see it. <laughs> Please? <laughs> Next paranormal conference I go to, people are going to be wearing, like, like Grateful Dead shirts with the... You know, or the Rastafarian hats and the, the tie-dye rainbow-y shirts. That'd be awesome. Or, you know, you know something interesting like the dude, maybe. Yeah. Dude abides. <laughs> I just saying, you know, that's the, it's the whole paranormal package. We don't have to look that way. We can smile. Sure. Try it. You might that's like all. it. You might like it. Okay, so that's about all. What's Chuck have coming up on his show? Now that I've made him mad. Um, Chuck's show... And oh my gosh, I just completely forgot. Um, I have no clue. Sorry, <laughs> Chuck's gonna kill me. I can't remember the name. Chuck. Okay, so stick around for Chuck's show because apparently it's gonna be a surprise to Cheryl. Too. No, it's not. I'm just. I my I, my brain is brain fart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I've got I've got it up. Just give me a second. All right, Bobby Gallo and his oldest daughter Nicolette are going to be joining Chuck, and they're from ICOM paranormal and they are a team of family members so it's going to be a really interesting show a little different that's cool yeah, mm-hmm. yeah cool. i wish my family members would be on my team but alas they will not Aww. so but my team has become my family and screw those people that live with me that's what i have to say <laughs> that's nice 
Oh, and with that, you know, I think that we should probably just turn it over to Chuck. What do you think? Have I, have I, now that I've insulted my family, everybody who's listened to the show, Rick and Cheryl, I think you're still marginally with me. Marginally. Marginally. I haven't insulted you at all, Cheryl. No, you haven't, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Then there are those radio show producers yeah. oh my god <laughs> now you now we're good okay. uh, you're gonna do like a boycott i'm gonna be like rush limbaugh you're gonna call all the sponsors <laughs> and boycott the show and i'm gonna be fired we would, we would need <sighs> sponsors what I get for being ranty yeah to for me to yeah okay all right so that being said i actually think that the people in this field are wonderful and i love you all and with that um we're going to throw it over to Chuck's show. Thank you guys for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio next week. Thank William you. Becker, so please come back. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Y'all have a good night. Bye. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at ParanormalUnderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.